Thank you, Father, that you are so kind that you'll never let go of us once you've got us. Once we come to you in faith, you grab onto us, you hold us, and we are secure in you. Today, sometimes our feet may fail, and yet we know that you have us. And for each one here today, whatever their need is, just wrap them in your arms. May they know your peace, your comfort, your grace, and your strength, and your joy. I'm glad that we get to rest in you. It's in the name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said. Another great day of worship music. Thank you, Pastor Simon and team. Really, really well, well done. So grateful for you. I love you. I love you so much I went on vacation, and I love you so much I came back. <laughs> Boy, we had a great, great time, a great vacation. We were in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and I got a little close to a shark there, and so uh, I just... Uh, Put a few holes in my head, but uh, it was a great time. This is uh, our last sunrise in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and I don't think Alicia knew I took that picture. I slid behind her. She was so intent on watching that sunrise that uh, I was able to literally sneak behind her and get that picture. Of course, I got my finger in a little bit of the picture there in the bottom right, too, but, you know, professional photographers have a hard time making good pictures, too, so... Anyway, a wonderful time. Uh, I, I did get this shirt there. My friend, uh, Gary Taylor, bought this shirt for me. And um, it is a, it's called Huck. It's a fishing gear. Alicia thinks it says hunk. I keep telling her, no, it's, it's Huck. It's Huck. So uh, anyway, I just keep it up, Alicia. <laughs> she didn't know that was coming, so... Uh, we were there with uh, Gary and Melody Taylor. Um, I was able to help lead Gary to Christ as a junior or senior in high school back in uh, Inglewood, Littleton area up there in Denver. And uh, we've stayed friends. He's been a um, college professor. He's been a chaplain, a pastor. Uh, now he is a CEO of a, a Christian church, um, assisted living care center in uh, Ascadero, California. And uh, very kind of them to invite us to be a part of this. His sister owns this condo right on the beach, and she lets him use it, and he invited us. The second time he's invited us to be a part of their lives. So uh, thank you so much for vacation. Really appreciate it. Appreciate Greg Cole preaching for me. He did a great job. He went over the sermon yesterday when he took me to lunch, and uh, still sounds like it's a pretty good sermon, and he still remembered it. You know, that's pretty good, and we all understand how that is. You know, we have so much on our mind. So uh, so thank you to everybody. Thank you for the pastor appreciation cards and gifts and um, things that you brought to us, texts and emails. You're very, very kind. Um, so thank you so much for that. Now next week, you will be here. <laughs> that wasn't an invite, okay? I'll make it as nice as command as I can. You need to be here next week. We need to honor Simon family for their serve with us this last six years. It's really important that we do that. So please, I'll invite you now. Please be here next week and come and be a part of what God wants
wants to do as we celebrate. What we'll do is um, we'll have some things set up, some uh, dessert out there in the foyer, and after this service, uh, you can go out there and you can mix and mingle. And uh, if you don't normally stay for Sunday school, we're giving you a really good excuse to do that. All right? And what we'll do is we'll invite the Sunday school classes down in 10 minutes in segments so that not everybody's there at the one time. And during that time, you can greet them and love on them and care for them. If you want to stay around as a Sunday school class and stay in fellowship, that's your choice. If you want to go back to class after that, that's certainly up to you too and your teacher and your leaders there. But that's how we'll work it out. I'll get those times to you as Sunday school teachers. And so you can come down and you can greet them and um, you know give them your, your well wishes and your encouragement and your strength. Uh, so important. And everybody needs to do that. So valuable with the ministry they've had with us. So we'll look forward to that. We're going to have a great day celebrating and being a part of what God wants to do in, in their lives and what they've done in, in our lives. So we appreciate that. If you're in the second service, we'll all be, give that opportunity to. We'll be there uh, for the, the dessert time and things like that to be able to say hi to, to Simon and uh, Julia. All right? Does that make sense? Okay? Good. Good. It'll be a great day, and we look forward to that. All right. So, how did your Proverbs reading go? How you doing? Still on track? Let's see, today's the 30th, right? That's what it says all day long. All next week, remember there's a time change, right? So you get to sleep in, right? Because you fall back, you get to sleep in. But don't sleep in too much, okay? Make sure you get here and be a part of it. But keep reading. Keep sharing those stories with me. Oh, I've, re- I've received a number. I've incorporated them into my sermon today. And I'm so appreciative for what you share with me. It means so much to hear from you about what God's doing as you're reading the book of Proverbs. So we're reading a chapter a day on the day. This month we do get to read chapter 31. Last month we didn't get to read chapter 31, but you probably did it anyway, right? So keep after it. Keep growing in it. Circle words. Connect them together. You see a few places today where there's two your words are used, and they're, they're important, they're valuable. Somebody's thinking, as Solomon wrote this, they're thinking, as, as God is leading you to put these things together for us, so important and valuable to be able to do that, all right? So, are some of the titles for what I've gone through in, in chapter 3, Trust in the Lord, the Lord's Discipline, Wisdom's Worth, Wisdom at Creation, as Greg preached last week, Wisdom's Rest, and Love Your Neighbor. You're going to see those themes going through the book of Proverbs as we do and we go through. If you read the email that I sent out to you on Thursday or Friday, whenever you got it, um, it said this, kind of a sermon title, Hold On But Give Out. Huh? Hold on but give out. Huh? Kind of seems like a little bit of a contradictory statement. Well, it'll all make sense, hopefully, hopefully, as we finish off the sermon. So, um, not Revelation, how about Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 where we'll read from starting today. There's a Bible found in front of you. If you don't have one, your tablet, your phone, maybe even memorization. Some people have memorized these verses. Excuse me. Proverbs 3.21. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be a life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Your sleep, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. 
For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. See any kind of common themes go through there? About six of those do-nots there. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. You see some themes going there, some commonalities that are there in this passage. So as we think about this first topic, the first kind of outline-ish that I put together, hold on to the truth. We think about those first verses. Hold on to the truth. You'll notice in these first verses, 18 through 21, 22, it's kind of an if-then scenario. If you hold on to sound wisdom, if you hold on to discretion, then these things are going to be a part of your life. He says, don't lose sight of the truth. Keep sound wisdom and discretion with you. Now I've turned it this way. Hold on to the truth of Scripture, to God's Word. You know, this theme, we've already noticed it many times throughout the book of Proverbs, and we're going to see it continue throughout the book of Proverbs. Chapter 1, verse 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning. Chapter 1, verse 8, hear your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. 2, 1, treasure up my commandments. Incline your heart to understanding. 2, 4, seek wisdom like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. 3, 1, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. 3, 5, what does it say? 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You get it? You see what he's saying to you? Hold on to the truth. Don't let it get away from you. Don't let it get watered down. Hold on to what God is giving through Solomon to us. You see, this theme's going to continue on throughout the book of Proverbs. How easy it is to be to forget what we've been taught, right? How easy it is to do that or, or even water down what we've been taught from God's Word. Let me give you an illustration of that. David Axelrod was Obama's campaign advisor in 2008 and 2012. I read this just yesterday. In his book, Believer, My 40 Years in Politics, he writes this. At an August 2008 campaign event at Saddleback Church, Rick Warren's church where they had a debate, John McCain and for Obama as they were vying for president, Obama told Pastor Rick Warren and the congregation, I believe that marriage is the union between a man and a woman. For me as a Christian, it is also a sacred union. God's in the mix. Now the book writer says this. When, the public, when public opinion on this issue of marriage changed, so did Obama's opinion. With the unwitting help of Vice President Joe Biden. Joe Biden appeared on Meet the Press in May of that year, and he expressed his support for same-sex marriage before Obama publicly had. 
Some 48 hours after Biden's surprise statement, the president revealed his, quote, personal evolution on gay marriage. That position was reinforced during his 2012 re-election campaign when Obama finally openly supported same-sex marriage by saying he had, quote, undergone an evolution, end of quote, on the issue. I'm here to remind you that God's truth from Genesis 2.24 is this. One man, one woman, one life, and one lifetime. That's God's unchanging truth. His truth does not evolve. It doesn't change because He doesn't change. He's immutable as we define Him. I found follow-up. Family Research Council just a few days ago, Tony Perkins, who's the president of that excellent, excellent organization, Fighting for Faith, Freedom, and Family on Washington Capitol Hill. He says, right now we're in a ferocious war for our daughters' safety, their rights, and this generation's identity, because the redefinition of marriage opened the door to the redefinition of everything. And here's the truth of God, and I'm quoting him. That life begins at conception that marriage should be between a man and a woman, and that a person's sex is based on biology and not personal preference. This is all public. I'm not giving you anything that's, you know, hidden private. This is all public. This has all been stated. It's in books. It's written out here. I remind you of this. God is unchanging in his love and his standards. He is unchanging in his promises and his commands. We can stand in his love as we just got through singing because it doesn't change. But his love is so deep, it is so pure that he knows what is best for us. And therefore, we should follow it and not let it evolve to whatever we want. Even an article today written, titled, but the article is written by C.S. Lewis, wrote Mere Christianity. Many of you have read many of his books, Joy and Sorrow, and all the different books that he wrote. Their byline to his article is this, right and wrong, not just a matter of taste and opinion. See, because what happens when we do that is, oh, well, okay, I think that's wrong. Okay, so, okay, but, but now you're going to go against what I think is wrong and right, right? But you can't tell me what's wrong and right. <laughs> well, yeah, if truth is relative, everybody can tell everybody what's right and wrong. God said, this is right and wrong. This is my word. And we are to hold fast to it. We are to grab onto the truth and not let it evolve and not let ourselves get moved by the winds of culture. I know it's hard to understand that, but God says this is good for you. No, this is best for you. Why? Because I'm God and I know what's best for you. I made you. I designed you. I put this all together. Greg, I put this all together, created it. I made it. I know what is best for you. We need to stick to it. 
hold on to it. It'll be if we do, Solomon says this, there'll be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. It will characterize you. It will define you. It will be noticed among you. And it will be your strength and your protection. If we do this, if we keep sound wisdom and discretion, if we hold fast to the things that He's given to us, if we treasure His commandments and we follow and we obey them, if we do those things, then these things will happen to us. By day, you'll walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. By night, 24, if you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down in your sleep, will be sweet. And in the midst of life, don't be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes, right? Because it will come. It will come. The call from the doctor with bad news. The moments of loss. We had those this week. Our dear sister, Eva Tucker, Went to the Lord in her sleep. Even Trujillo, thank you very much. Even Trujillo. Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Went to the Lord in her sleep. Next two days, somebody else from our congregation that, that doesn't come, but as part of our congregation's family, passed away too. Susan Greenwood's daughter-in-law. Robbie Kaur's mom passed away on difficulties of that hard because these things will happen to us now those things are causes for concern of course but we don't have to sinfully fret or stress or be over the top or in the bottom when the difficult times come knocking on our door You ever sung these words when your feet may fail? <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Yeah? But I put it this way your feet may fail, but your faith will prevail. Because <laughs> there's going to be those times when we stand in His love. We know that He embraces us, and we're holding on to His truth because He doesn't change. His truth, His love, will always be there. His justice will always be there. His compassion will always be there. His mercy and His grace, all those things that characterize Him are always going to be there. And He's always going to be there to embrace us. You know why we can have peace in the midst of the storms? Solomon tells us. Verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being the Lord will be your confidence. Not you. He, the one that doesn't change, will be your confidence. You can depend on Him. And your foot will not be caught. Kind of reminds me of 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. You can cast your cares upon Him. 
Why? Because He cares for you. He's not going to go, oh, come on, man. You know, one time, this day is enough. No more. Don't come to me anymore. I've got other people to tend to. cast our cares on Him because He's our confidence. He will be there when we need Him to be there. Your foot will not stumble. You will not be caught. Hold on to the scriptural truths you've been taught, my friends. They're timeless, eternal, always applicable, and life-giving. Don't let go. Don't let the world weigh them down. Water them down. Grow with them. Read. Learn them again and again. Keep reading Proverbs. <laughs> if you haven't started, join us. We're in chapter 30 today. <laughs> Words of Agar. Listen to edifying music. You know, we, uh, we got that subscription to Right Now Media a while back. And we've kind of forgot to talk about that lately, but you can you can go on to Right Now Media. You can get the password, and Simon can help you with that. And there's all sorts of help there, and videos all over the place to help you grow and mature in Christ. Even some on, on Proverbs. He is the one who's always beside you. He's the only one that's always behind you. He's the one that's always in front of you. He's the one that's always above you. You can be confident in Him because He is your confidence. 929, September 29, I got this from some friends who are even here this morning. This past year has been challenging for us and our family in many ways. However, the love of Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit of Majestic Church so tangible, and the smiles and love of the people there have ministered to our hearts and continually bring us joy. Also, we wanted to thank you for the encouragement to read Proverbs during this sermon series. My husband and I are reading it aloud, together alternately, and then discussing the verses that stood out to us. Then we close our time with prayer. We have profited so much from this practice. We may even continue it in the months ahead double smile. It works, friends. It works. Keep reading it. Why? So you hold on to the truths of God's Word. Because Satan doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want me to do that. He wants me to abandon them, to water them down. Well, it doesn't matter. Yes, And the other devotionals that you have. If, if, matter of fact, if you happen to read your open windows this morning and daily bread this morning, devotional guides that we give out, they were on the same topic this morning of waiting patiently. I was kind of going, okay, Lord, what's next? <laughs> Both of them are almost the same topic just this morning. Hold on, my friend. Hold on to the truth. He seems to kind of change a little bit now. Solomon writes and he continues on. Solomon uses this term neighbor. Verse 26 or verse 28. Don't say to your neighbor, right? 
uses it again, let's see, in 29 too. So again, you're looking for those things. There's, there's a theme. He's developing a theme here as he writes. God is guiding him to get some information to us. So starting in 27, do not, the first one, withhold good from those to whom it is due. Here's kind of how I translate that, how I think about this one. Well, first of all, let me remind you of this. We know who our neighbor is by reading Luke chapter 10. You know what's in Luke chapter 10? I know you do. You just might not be able to pull it up. It's a story called the Good Samaritan. And in that story, that parable, who does Jesus say our neighbor is? Those, those people who are right next to us, right? Not necessarily the next address. I mean, it, it is. But the people God brings into our life right at this moment, though they are our neighbor. Those are the people that are our neighbor. So let's take that and let's use this. Don't say to your neighbor, the person God brings into your life, don't withhold good from them. Now, I'm, I'm taking this way. Good, in this sense, as I look at it, he's talking about talk and care. When you have the power to do good to your neighbor, the person God brings into your life at any moment, don't withhold it from him. Give him or her what they need at this moment. What kind of talk do they need to help them? What kind of care do they need to be able to help them when you have the power to do that and to benefit them and to help them and to build them up by your talk and to build them up by your care? What's the common good that we can do to the people around us at any moment? Like a smile to somebody. trying to get you to smile back with me here. <laughs> that is common good that you share with somebody, that it can brighten somebody's day, that bank teller, that clerk at the grocery store and have to deal with all the stuff, people, everybody coming through and going, I can't believe I bought $60 of grocery and I have a little bag, right? You know how often they hear that? 42 times a day probably. 85% of statistics are made up on the spot anyway, okay? You understand that. But you know they're hearing that all day long. And what can we do to build that person up or that server at the restaurant when you, you go out today and you, you get that meal? How can you encourage them? What, what common good can you do in talk and in care to say to them, the love of Christ is in me and I want you to experience it too? When it's in your power to help your neighbor to do good, we should do it. Maybe to that person that needs to merge into our lane on Highway 50. That person who hurt us. And we have an opportunity to be a part of their life for this moment that God brings them into our life next to us for this moment. What good can we do? Don't withhold it, he says. Reading in my Bible this year, 
It's not my one-year Bible this year, but I am reading it in one year. I figured out the other day I've got to read five pages a day to make it to the end of the New Testament by the January, January 31st, well, December 31st, right? So I was reading Matthew 5, 16. You know the verse. I learned it in light bearers in fifth grade. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Good works. Good works. The good. Don't withhold good. Why? Because we want them to see Jesus in us and His love and His care and His compassion. Maybe for some of you, I'm not going to withhold good here. I'm going to invite you to Sunday school. Because it's in my power to do it right now. I'm going to invite you to come and be a part of Sunday school. Because I know it would be good for you. You need care and you need to care for people. And we would love to have you join with us. I'm not going to give a command. I already gave that one already this morning, right? Come and join us. Be a part of it. Be a part of a small group. Verse 28. He says, Don't say to your neighbor, Go and come again tomorrow. I'll give it to you when you have it with you. The first goodness, I'm going to use talk and care. Here I'm going to talk about money and stuff. Money and possessions. When you have the ability to help somebody with your wealth, with your money, with your possessions, and the God, God brings this neighbor to you, and you have the power to help them, you should do it. If you got it, you should give it, and you should give it now, he says. You got the ability to do that. And I know you get lots of requests. I get lots of requests. I probably get three or four every day from the various mission organizations we support. And some I don't support, but I get them anyway. Probably can't meet every need. Well, I know I can't meet every need. But when God speaks and says, this, you can help this person out with what God has given to me, how you blessed me, the salary that you provide for me, the graciousness that you give to me, I'm so grateful for that. But I have a charge here. If it's in my possession and I want to do it and I, or I need to do it, I need to do it now. Because that's what he said. This is something we should do. We've got it. We should give it. And we should give it now. Why would we do that? Well, otherwise you might miss the opportunity to help this person. Tomorrow may be too late for that person. If, if you miss it, then you're going to miss the opportunity to bless them. Or you're going to miss the opportunity for the Lord to bless you because you did what He asked you to do and you helped meet a need because you had the ability to be able to help them. Remember what Paul says in Acts 20.35? Man, I'm really testing your memorization today, aren't I? In Acts 20.35, Paul says this. Jesus himself said, you all know it, it is more blessed to than to receive. Now, it's not in the Gospels, but Paul is referring back to something that he knew that Jesus had said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And Solomon tells us, if you got the ability to do it, do it now. Don't wait. I don't know what kind of opportunities God's going to give you today, but He's probably going to give you some opportunities to give even now. This day. Going on. Third, don't. Do not. Don't plan evil. 
against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. I'm thinking about that. Your neighbor lives next to you. This person lives next to you. And they trust you to do good to them, not to do evil. Now, you might have some neighbors that they're not very good at that. I understand how that works, okay? But generally what he's saying is, your neighbor trusts you to do good to them and not to do evil against them, just like you're trusting your neighbor not to do that to you too. There's this little little principle found in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. You know this verse too. Man, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Treat others as you want to be treated. Not the rusty rule, you know. Get it done to them before they do it to you, right? No. He's just he's given a principle that Jesus takes along and, and he puts it into practice for us. Don't plan evil. Your neighbor expects good to come from you just like you would expect good to come from your neighbor. So don't plan evil against them. Next one. Don't contend for no reason. Fourth, fourth thing. Don't contend for no reason. When the neighbor says, when your neighbor hasn't done you any harm, don't contend. Contend means to debate or dispute with somebody. To contend for no reason, here's what I put down, might include, first, having to prove our point. It might mean winning the argument at any cost. It might mean conquering someone with our knowledge. It might mean saying something to purposely prod or poke or to get even with them. Oh, has anybody ever done any of those things before? I have. I am going to make sure I win this argument. And let me tell you how I'm going to do it. Because I know more than you. You have done it. Just don't contend. When there's no reason to contend, don't do it. Leave it alone. Don't fight over it. Now, there are times to contend. There are times to contend. It's found in Jude chapter 3. I don't have this one memorized. Part of it. it says this. Beloved, although it's very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to what? Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. There's a time to contend, and that's when we're talking with God's truth. There's a time to contend. We do it with gentleness. We do it with meekness. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Of course. But there's a time to contend for that which is really, really important. But what he's saying here in Psalm does, don't contend for the stupid things like, you know, are the Broncos going to win today? Or, you know, should we have Russell Wilson? Should we pay him $325 million? Don't, don't, I know the game's going on right now. Don't tell me the score. If you're watching it right now, please don't tell me the score, Okay. Don't contend with a man when there's no reason to do it. He goes on. There's another do not in here, right? Don't envy the violent or the devious. He seems to equate being devious with violent. And he says here, a devious person, a violent person is an abomination to the Lord. You know what envy is. Envy is wanting something that somebody else has. I'll tell you this. The Lord can handle those people who are an abomination to him. He can handle them. He doesn't need our help with them. Okay? So why obey the Lord's charge? He said, first of all, hold on to the truth. This one is give out to your neighbor. Why obey this command? Because it says right here, verse 32, but the upright are in his confidence, 
Have you ever seen that word confident before? Mm, about like verse 26. Those are things you circle when you're going through, you're reading your Bible, you see this word, you see this word. He's making a point about this. Our foot will not stumble, we will not slip, we'll be, by day we'll be able to walk with him securely. By night we'll be able to sleep. Why? Because he is our confidence. He's the one who will protect us. He's the one who is our strength. Here he says, if you do these things, you don't do these things, but put them in the positive. Do good. Plan good things for people. Help them out. Be courageous. Be helpful to them. The upright are in his confidence. We're secure in him. Okay, so let's put it together. So when we hold on to God's truth and we give out to our neighbor as he commands us, as he instructs us, we'll reap the Lord's rewards. I thought that's kind of good, the Lord's rewards. A little rhyme to it, a little put it together, package. If we'll hold on to his truth and we'll give out to our neighbor, we'll reap the Lord's rewards. Notice what he says in verse 33. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. But, Proverbs is a book of contrasts, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Here's the Lord's reward. If we'll do these things, the righteous will gain his blessing. But the wicked will experience his curse. Here's another sermon response that came back to me from the book of Proverbs. Good morning, Pastor. I hope you have a great day. I got a little sidetracked on my Bible study this morning. Imagine my surprise when in Luke chapter 11, 31, it mentions Solomon and his wisdom. Before, right before this, I said a prayer to hear God's voice today. It brings tears to my eyes every time he speaks to me like this. Just a nugget to let me know I'm doing okay and he is here with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can find Solomon Proverbs in Luke chapter 11. It's there. And it reminds this individual, oh, that's what we're going through. And God, thank you for bringing that out because I recognize I'm a part of your blessing. You're showing me yourself. I get to see you. Thanks for speaking to me and thanks for letting me hear what you have to say to me. So good. So good. Getting it. But I'm reading Proverbs and God's doing these things. Helping me and showing me. I'm under his protection. He's blessing me because I'm reading his word. Second one, the humble will gain his favor. But the scorners will experience his scorn. Here's another sermon thought that came to me. Um, somebody called the church. Simon took this message, and he kind of translated it and put it in. And this individual uh, asked Simon if, if we or I had heard of Boyd Bailey, who's a Christian author. And she thought, this person thought it was a fun connection with the name Boyd Bailey, Scott Bailey, and also that his website is called Wisdom Hunters. <laughs> She's putting it all together. She said, we're talking about Proverbs. I see this name, and her app allows her to see this Wisdom Hunters. But this is what this individual said, one of our senior adults. Going to be reading up on wisdom. Need to learn all I can at my age. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> need to read up on wisdom because I need to learn all I can at my age. 
Doesn't matter how old you are. Right? We need to learn all we can about wisdom. God's wisdom. God's wisdom. And the third, this reward, the Lord's reward. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get his disgrace. Here's another sermon comment that came to me from 1017. You asked for comments on our reading of Proverbs. I've read through the book three times now. Somebody's reading ahead. Big time. <laughs> They're not waiting for day 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. They're just charging into it. Yes, go for it. Three times. We've only been in the series for a month and a half. They've already read it three times. What always stands out to me is the admonition to get wisdom. I was thinking that I could never have the wisdom that I need. But then James tells us to ask God and he gives liberally. I so ask God for wisdom and direction all the time. So I was just worrying about nothing. Wisdom is at our fingertips, or rather on the tip of our tongue. We just have to ask. Anybody here need wisdom? <laughs> A bunch of heads go bobbing. Yeah. We all need wisdom. We need God's wisdom. So ask. You need wisdom holding on to the truth? Yeah. In this day and age? Yes, we do. Do we need wisdom about how to give out to our neighbor? Yes, we do. You want the Lord's reward? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm assuming you do. Yeah, of course you do. But let's follow what he says. Hold on to the truth. And give out to our neighbor. Let me finish. You'll be a wise guy or gal. We're having fun with that statement. You'll be a wise guy or gal, one skilled or an expert in godly living, if you hold on to the truths of God's word. So read Proverbs. Read your Bible every day. Put yourself in. And if you give out to your neighbors, like, you know, we're going to do that today at Trunk or Treat. We're going to be out there having just a, just a lot of fun. We're going to have all these people coming through, and we're going to be able to, to give out good to them. And you've made that possible, what you've brought, the candy that you've brought. And your cars, those are going to help us. And I've been praying every day, God, would you use this? Your kingdom come, your will be done in heaven as it is on earth today. The people would find Jesus today because they need him. And we love them and we care for them. We, we may not know them, but we're going to care for them with the love of Christ. And in being like Jesus Christ, who held on to the truths of his Father, he didn't let them go, he didn't water them down, and he gave out to those in need, you'll reap the Lord's rewards, his blessing, his favor, and his honor. What you hold on to is what will define you. So hold on to God's truth so you'll be a godly, wise person. What you give out, you'll get back. So give generously, and you'll get generously in return. What you sow, you will reap. So sow godliness. Father, 
In this day and age, help us to hold on to your truth. Because everything around us wants us to, to, to let go of that. Our culture, our world, wants to say God's truth is irrelevant. And yet you said it's unchanging and it's good for you. And it will benefit you and it will provide for you and it will comfort you and it will strengthen you if we'll follow what you've given to us. Help us to stick with it, to hold fast, to hold on, treasure it, whatever word we use, whatever words we're going to see in book. Help us Father, when we can give out the truth with grace to those neighbors that are around us, those people you bring into our lives, you're going to bring a whole bunch of them into our lives about three hours, four hours from now. We want to do good to them. In your name. In your name. We want to redeem the time. This time that has much evil to it. We want to redeem the time, make the most of every opportunity so that your name goes forward and people see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, there's anybody here today who does not, need, need, does not know Jesus, speak into their lives. Yeah, there's earthly wisdom, but this is godly wisdom, and it comes because we're in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Today, may they see that that's what Jesus has done. He, he died on the cross, and He rose again so that by believing in Him, we could, have, we could have a relationship with Him. Our sins can be forgiven. We have the promise of eternal life, which will never change because us that know you stay tight to you stay close to you to lean into you and your truths and get your blessing thanks for walking alongside we don't do it alone we do it with the spirit's help we do it with one another's help I pray as we go to Sunday school we care for one another and we're cared for 